preeminent source on everything Patriots. It's time for Tom E. Curran. So why is he so damn special that we have to call him Tom E. Curran? On WEEI. It is hour two of NFL Sunday, and not to start the hour on a down note before we bring in Tommy Curran of NBC Sports Boston, but Channel 5 in Boston is reporting. They had the uh, report out about 10 minutes ago that uh, Jerry Remy, longtime Red Sox broadcaster, uh, has passed away at age 68. The uh, the Rem Dog in his seventh cancer battle and I know that uh, during the postseason, Jerry Remy made an appearance as yeah. well, and he was hooked up to uh, oxygen. But again, Channel 5 in Boston reporting that uh, Jerry Remy has died 68 years old. Uh, Remdog had really had some uh, health battles along the way. So uh, thoughts and prayers to his family as well. Again, Jerry Remy passing away at 68 years old. Patriots going to play the Chargers coming up later on this afternoon at 4.05 here on week eight of uh, the National Football League. This is NFL Sunday. Tommy Kern of NBC Sports Boston joins us on the Harbor One hotline and Tommy, are are both the Patriots and the Chargers in a bit of the same situation here in terms of looking for a bit of a validation win? I know we're so focused on what's going on in our home market. Isn't this as big a game for the Chargers in terms of them sort of proving to people what they think they are this season? Yeah, I think it's important for both teams. And just as more than an aside, but as we all are sports fans and brethren as fans and sistren to just note that Jerry Remy, you know, remembering him both as a player because I was of that age when he was playing second base for the Red Sox. And then he's a part of your family so frequently every night for two and three hours, 162 nights a year, um, unmistakably, from Massachusetts and a product of our area and incredible sense of humor, and we'll all miss him. And I, I just wanted to say that mm-hmm. before going into this, this matchup of two teams that are obviously, I think, very much peers in the AFC race. They're not layup playoff contenders. They're both coming off seven and nine seasons, and both are in a position where they have to prove exactly what they're going to be going forward. Tom, to this point, what – group on defense have you felt the best about and what group have you felt the worst about felt best about the secondary really um but i feel as if they are after the dallas game allowing almost 600 total yards of offense and almost 500 in the air and after the first half of of houston i am very circumspect on their ability (laughs) to show up on a regular basis. So this goes back to, I mean, the Jets game was a great feel-good win for everyone, but not too far in the rearview mirror, two of the last three games, they got poleaxed, and now they are without Jonathan Jones. So this is a huge game, I think, for their secondary, especially with the class of receivers they're going to see. Tom, excuse me, one of the things that we kind of talked about earlier, and I had said, you know, the Patriots have to, they're going to show us one or two things. Are they a good football team or a competitive team? And what I meant by that mm-hmm. is that, you know what, they play everybody tough. You know, they're, they're, they're going to they're gonna be a scrappy team, but they can't win all of those games and they lose to game, teams that maybe you don't expect them to lose to. Whereas if they're a good team, they have to win today against the Chargers and it proves that they can beat those good teams. 
What do you see this game being for the Patriots, win or loss, on what we view them moving forward? See, that's a great question because, look, if they lose 31-21, to 21, which I would think is extremely remote possibility, they just don't get blown out. Even with that New Orleans game, they, they scrap back into it. But um, if they lose by 10, yeah, you're right. Then, then they're, a, they're just a competitive team. But I think even if they lose the game 24-23, 31-30, they're a team sniffing around good, and I don't think it eliminates their ability to make the postseason. This is a wide-open AFC right now, and I think that that, in light of the trade deadline coming up, this is a season in which I would not, if I were the Patriots, punch out on their ability to, to contend deep and, and to get into the playoffs and be a pain in the ass. Are they a Super Bowl team? I don't know. Are the Bengals? I mean, that's the thing is it's kind of wide open, and this is an improving team. Yeah, you know, Tom, you, you're saying that they're 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 peers, right? Like, uh, and I'm mm-hmm. sitting there going, okay, like, are they though? Like, when I look at this, yep. what, what the Chargers have done, uh, be, going into Kansas City, beating the Chiefs, beating the Raiders, and beating the Browns, and having one terrible loss to the Ravens and one really competitive game early in the season against the Cowboys. Like they have, a, they have a better resume of, uh, you know, as far as proof that they're a good team as opposed to the Patriots being a just, you know, another team just trying to, you know, fight for relevancy, right? I mean, I, I, when I look at that schedule, I, I'm like, they've proven that, more than the Patriots have, and how can they be yeah. peers? They're peers because the Patriots are. Say those games didn't go their way. Say the Baltimore catch, uh, excuse me, not the Baltimore catch. Say the Browns, Hail Mary was caught. Okay, well, now they're three and three. Okay, and that's the same thing. Say Nick Folk's field goal went through. Okay, then the Patriots are four and three. So I mean, they are peers. They're two seven and nine teams who are with young quarterbacks with blemishes on their roster in terms of they can't stop the run worth crap. Um, the Patriots so far have been intermittently protecting Matt Jones. They're absolutely peers. The Patriots are so close to six and one with the Ipsen plus candy and nuts strategy, that these are two teams on the same plane. I'm not saying they're better than the Chargers, but they are, to me, staring eyeball to eyeball. Tommy Kern of NBC Sports Boston breaking it down with us here on NFL Sunday. You mentioned the Chargers run defense. I don't think it's very good. I know Fourier's kind of indicated that there's a little bit of game plan in there in terms mm-hmm. of allowing it up and then trying to clamp down in the red area. How do you view the Chargers run defense? Well, it's it's Brandon Staley runs this defense where he's got um, two high safeties almost all the time, which is an invitation to run. Sometimes he'll rotate one of the safeties down into the box, but it's a safety. So it's, it's inviting, and teams are, as, as Christian points out, taking advantage of it. But to me, this will be an interesting game plan for Josh McDaniels because does he take the bait and play to the Patriots' run game strength in between the guards, you know, basically right up the middle of the defense? Or does he say, okay, well, they're probably going to try and alter the way they approach this, so let's throw it a little bit if they're going to go with single high and try and stop us in the box and throw it down the seams to our tight ends who start who are starting to play more and more effectively. So I think that first 15 plays, guys, that script and what Josh McDaniels does at the beginning of the game is going to be fascinating to watch. 
Now, Tom, I know you've mentioned that the, they're both seven and nine teams, but wasn't that a long time ago? I mean, it's week eight yeah. now of this season, and if you look at the, and I think maybe maybe both have improved. Certainly, the Chargers have because they had an absolute boob as a head coach a year ago, and they didn't have their best defensive player, and they had a rookie quarterback who, although he was great, he's now in year two. So, wouldn't you say that you know seven and nine doesn't kind of really paint the picture of what these teams are? I, I mean, again, I. I no, I think the Patriots are better than the seven and nine team, and I don't think they were a good enough team to be seven and nine. I don't think they were they were a three win team, you know, masquerading as a seven and nine team. To me, the Chargers were better their roster than to be a seven and nine team. So it's, all I'm saying is, if we look at if we scrutinize the records of the two teams and the results of the two games, yeah, absolutely, go on the road and win in Kansas City. That's incredible. Even if it loses a little bit of luster. As the year goes along, and you see Kansas City's not really exactly what we thought. They lose to Dallas. The Patriots lost to Dallas in the same fashion. Patriots lost on a game-ending field goal that they just missed against Tampa. So, do you do you consider the the Los Angeles Chargers one of the three or four best teams in the AFC? Yeah. I don't. I think they're they're between five and ten, five and fifteen. See, I, I look at, I'm more, when I look at the AFC, I think there's about six teams that are the good teams that out of all those six teams, and I think the Chargers are one of them, could win, could go to the Super Bowl. I don't think they could win one. And then I feel like there's kind of everybody else. And I put New England. How much of that has to do with Herbert and Mac Jones? I well, love Herbert. I, I, I think, think I'd start with him. I think yeah. a lot of it has to do with, you know, with the quarterback play. But when you look at, and I think, you know what, I guess here's the question for you. Today's matchup, Herbert versus Mac Jones. Is this a good indication where we can compare the two in a sense of like, all right, here's what the future looks like in Justin Herbert. We all believe he's going to be one of those quarterbacks. And let's see what Mac Jones does against somebody who he's not too far behind as far as age-wise and years-wise in the NFL and to get to potentially the level that we expect Herbert to get to. Yeah. I mean, Herbert you know, was the rookie of the year last year. He's got more physical skill and a better build for the position than Mac Jones. Mac Jones today is going to go up against he's going to go up against uh, you know a pretty complex defense in the way Brandon Staley calls it that former Rams defense that's now with the Chargers. So it's not going to be you know apples to apples in what they're facing. But to me, I expect that Justin Herbert is going to be the guy at the end of the day you're going to go, I would rather have that guy, I think. No matter how many completions you see from Mac Jones, if he goes, you know, 23 for 27 for three ten and three touchdowns, there are going to be plays that you say, well, Mac, Mac Jones couldn't do that. And Herbert's is accurate. And Herbert is stronger and faster. I was chuckling, uh, Tom, because I think it's so funny when people start comparing, like, Mac's body. Like he's like his physical presence, like when he's got his shirt off, you would go, "Well, that guy's not an athlete at all." But yet, yet here we are. It's it's funny because I feel like Herbert one is a year ahead of him. He's a rookie of the year, so he's got that mm-hmm. you know kind of hardware, you know, to kind of you know to back his reputation. Yet I feel like uh, you know Mac is, I mean, maybe not as flashy, but just as I know productive. I guess like it's no almost doubt. like looks can be deceiving. You look at them, you really can't tell them as far as the stats go. There's not that big of a difference, but you know, here comes this big strapping young lad, you know, with this rocket for an arm, 
and he's instantly you know better than Mac, which he could be. I mean, I guess we'll tell him like maybe eight years who you would rather have. But the body composition thing always cracks me up because here's here's Mac after a national championship in Alabama with his shirt off, big doughy body, you know, and here <laughs> comes you know this Adonis of Justin Herbert from Oregon, you know. Nothing but vegan meats and nothing but, you know, fruits and berries to kind of keep his body and his hair glistening. Yeah, but what comes with that Tarzan build at 6'6", 237? Durability comes with it. A 4'6", 940 comes with it. The ability to get out and run and make, you know, you can carry the ball five times for 50 yards on any given game. That that changes the way the offense can be played. Mac Jones isn't going to do those things because of his build. It's not, hey, wow, it's a pose down. Who's going to win? It's what comes with the build that allows you to do things to play the position. So that's why that's the only reason I bring it up. I mean, no, I know it's just Mitch funny. Risky's probably <laughs> rocked up too, but he's not very good. Well, I am a little bit with Foria on this. In that seven and nine, Justin Herbert plays well. Oh, he's the next one to hung the hang the moon. If the Patriots go eight and nine with Mac Jones, mm-hmm. it's going to be like, oh, the guy blows. Get rid of him. Well, I think, uh, Tom, you bring a good point. I think it is when you watch them play and you it's more about what you see them doing where I think that's when people look at Herbert. And I think Mac – I think sometimes Mac – and I'm one who criticizes Mac. I think it's the way his style of play is. And it is that, like, you know, check down type of playing that you go, is this guy good enough to be an elite quarterback or a top five quarterback? But are we going to see Justin Herbert throwing the ball 20 yards down the field on every throw? Like, that's what it makes it sound like whenever the dink and dunk stuff gets thrown at Mac is that every other quarterback throws all intermediate to deep balls and nothing is ever short for any other quarterback other than the guy that we want to knock down a couple of pegs. I think that what we're having here are two different conversations. I'm kind of talking about which quarterback I'd rather have long-term to build a team around. And I think it's turning into a presumption that I'm saying Mac Jones isn't good, which definitely on record, he's fantastic. And if you put him with the Chargers, the Chargers are probably four and two. If you put Herbert here, I don't know where the Patriots would be, but probably not that drastically different. He can compete with any quarterback in the league, and he's kind of shown it. He can do plenty with the Patriots offense as it's currently constituted. That's plenty for the Patriots. That's what they want. That's what they need. That's what they found at 15. But to me, if we're talking about, hey, who are you going to enjoy watching play in this game and who's got the higher upside to carry their team for a decade, I'm going to kind of bet on Justin Herbert because of the varied skills that he has. Chad Pennington is one of my favorite players ever. I gave him my MVP vote in 2008, and I continue to believe that nobody is closer Chad Pennington and Mac Jones has been. And you guys played against him. Oh, you played with him. You know how freaking good he was. So so you're comparing uh, Mac Jones to Chad Pennington? 100%. Sounds like somebody did Pennington. that before. Yeah, Wiggy did that. I did, did that. I did that, Tom, and yeah. they they absolutely shredded me. Well, no, because this is what it is. Who shredded you? This is what it comes down to. This is what it comes down to, Tom. Uh, Tom Brady for twenty years has ruined how people in oh, New England view quarterbacks. No doubt. And so, if he's not the next Tom Brady, everybody else sucks. There was never a good quarterback outside of Tom Brady in the last twenty years mm-hmm. of football. Because I'm with you. I think Chad Pennington was a good quarterback, and if he was healthy, who knows what kind of career he could have had. Right. And if you get a Chad Pennington with a 15th pick and he's your quarterback for 10 years not bad 
Good. Pretty good. Tom, you yeah. should write an article about that so now people will, <laughs> yeah, will look, look at me I a little bit. I had him on my podcast. I'll send it to you, Wiggy. A I little had, serious. I had Pennington on my there podcast. You go. About, I said about it last. It. I said it last week, Tom, maybe even two weeks ago now, that the, the guy that he com- uh, compares the most to when I played with him uh, um, is Chad Pennington. Smart, doesn't make a lot of mistakes, you know, is accurate with the football, is not the type of guy that you're going to look at and go, all right, this guy's going to, you know, have unbelievable numbers, but if you build a good team around him, He's a guy that can get you to winning football games. Yeah, and and two people look at, well, he had a terrible arm. He also had three shoulder surgeries by the time he went to Miami and still had a season in which he led that team to a division title after having been a one-win team the year before. He was fantastic. You've got to be happy with Mac Jones if he's Chad Pennington. Tommy Kern of NBC Sports Boston with us on the Harbor One Hotline. Tommy, thank you. Enjoy the game. We'll catch you on Wednesday with Gresh and Keefe. Appreciate you. All right. Thanks for having me. See you guys.